This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story, Iran gets weirder and weirder every day. There's been a back and forth, a volley. There's unattributed attacks on Iraqi bases that often house Americans, still no American bloodshed. But the biggest news that happened since the last time we talked was that Iran took ownership of shooting down the plane accidentally based on a video released by what, in my opinion, is a well-known disinformation agent named Bellingcat out of England. So it's that is just extremely bizarre. It's impossible for me to believe they accidentally shot down a commercial airliner right by the Tehran airport. It's just and and that it was full of Ukrainians and Canadians. It's just I am not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. It's all really bizarre and it feels very theatrical like we've been talking about. And when you throw Bellingcat into the mix, yes. I believe Bellingcat is connected with New Knowledge, which we're going to talk about them later on. Yep, we got to talk about that. And uh the it was on the heels of that weird rant that you read to us on Friday. This guy saying about psyops and the big lie, yeah. and then he had to stand down as being the paranoid, lying enemy. So that was interesting to me, but but because of that back and forth, because the dialectic is so ham-handed in this one, I'm thinking it's showing that there's a lot of back-channeling coordination with Iran. And on Saturday, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal, which I can only think of as a whitewash or cover-up, that Switzerland has been back-channeling messages between the U.S. and Iran. This week and always, yes. They have six contracts where they back-channel messages for people, and one of them is U.S.-Iran. I heard someone on CNN say over the weekend, I can't remember who it was, but they said, we kind of hope that the U.S. is doing a back channel with Iran, which was really surprising to me because back channels were so horrible a few years ago when it was back channel with Russia. I can't tell for sure whether it's a cover-up or what, but the the Swiss Swiss guy was seen like passing something to the Iranians, but there are a lot of little details came to my attention as I started to dig into this, one of which is that Rouhani, who's the president who wears the turban, was educated in Scotland, and his he got his PhD there in the flexibility of Sharia law with respect to Iran. And his PhD advisor, a guy named Amin, his Amin's advisor was a guy named John, I think Grant, who was a professor who established the Lockerbie Trial Project, where they explained to the world's press. Scottish law as it pertained to the Lockerbie trial, which where the Libyans were, I think, convicted of bringing down that Pan Am flight. But that was never a story that really went undisputed. Even from like Time magazine, they said it was very weird, like all the CIA, CIA stuff there. The CIA agent on the plane was about to embark on an expose. A lot of stuff behind Lockerbie that's a little fishy. So I figured this guy was being a cover-up agent. And then I dug in a little further to find that the guy who co-founded that, another law professor, was a high-ranking MI6 agent whose law professorship was just a front. 
And so he had to withdraw from the project, but I feel like it tainted the project completely. And that Rouhani is a bit of a created person, especially since his previous last name was, was like meant Prince and he took the name Rouhani, which means cleric, I think just to play into all of this. Was the guy really a lawyer? Yeah. I mean, that's how those front jobs work. Like Jeb Bush was really an investment banker or a banker in Venezuela when he was also a CIA agent. They yeah. know their stuff. They do their businesses. Those businesses, I, from my experience and observation, I mean, I knew somebody once who everyone was like, oh, he's a CIA guy. Like, but doesn't he like sell appliances? Like, oh, yeah, you can get you great deals on, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay. So then I started yeah. realizing they're really doing the jobs. Uh, I think Valerie Plame was one of those people, too. Like, I think she had a real job. Yeah, they do say in the CIA manuals that agents should choose a cover or be given a cover that fits with their knowledge and skills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise they wouldn't really – it wouldn't work. But there were a couple of other items on that I wanted to point out that Trump – and you have something on that. Let me wait on that for a second so we can uh, – I, I wonder if perchance – well, Trump started tweeting stuff to the Iranian people about rising up, and he also was was – tweeting it to them in Persian yeah. and this, and I think via like radio free Iran, which completely reminded me of the Hungarian revolution where the CIA communicated through radio free Hungary to rise up and that we would support them. And then the government took all the revolutionaries out and we did it again in 1991, according to Wesley Clark in Iraq, we encouraged a Shia uprising and then Hussein took everybody out who would ever stand up against him. So it was a setup. And I don't know if that's really how this is going to play out, but for sure we're meant to see that parallel. In to, my opinion. to me, that's a signal of war. It's another signal of war. It's, like you said, Radio Free America, the thing that I thought of when I saw him doing that is the airplanes in World War II flying over the enemy countries yes. and uh, pamphleteering the yeah, other countries, yeah. telling right. the people of those countries it's not them, that if you come to our yeah. side, that's what it felt like to me. And combine that with Pompeo is hitting this media tour hardcore promoting these war themes. I mean, he's hitting it hardcore. We are seeing a war promotional tour going on on a lot of different fronts. It seems like it, but there's just – I have this nagging problem with how well the Iranians are playing along with this. I mean this thing about that downed flight, which is what is giving this new type of protest. So last month yeah. there was what what a kind of protest I couldn't really get my mind around. I wasn't sure about, and apparently the Iranians killed like hundreds of people. I'm not sure if that's true, but these protests are university-based. They, they smack very much of – 2019's year in protests and and since what iran is saying they did and how they handled it is feeding into it i can't help but think that this has been kind of sanitized and normalized and i did have a thought that there's a chance that what's happening is we are cleaning out the iranian upper echelon of the real true blue iranians in favor of what is actually our kind of puppet opponent like Kim Jong-un might be. Yeah, I found it bizarre, to say the least, that one day Iranians are so distraught over the killing of the general, Qasim, and so so distraught that they stampeded 50 people to death at his wake. 
Yet, a couple days later, they are no longer mad at America. They are protesting their government, holding up signs that say – no, actually chanting, America is not our enemy. Iran – our government is. No way. Yeah. So they're not saying death to America. No, they're, they're saying, saying death to their leader. Death to wow. the – yeah. I did see a quiet article not being – well, published that the Iranian regime arrested a large group of monarchists, people who want to restore the Shah, because the, the Shah, there is a crown prince of Iran in exile, and he's the Pahlavi, Pahlavi the Shah's son. His oh, oldest son wow. is alive, Riva Pahlavi. Yeah, he's like, he's an activist. I, I mean, he's definitely sketchy and has, ha or I, I'm not sure about him. I believe he's had CIA past. He's certainly been accused of it. I don't know what the story is, but there are things going on over there that aren't being widely publicized, including that. So I really can't figure it out. But the fact that Iran is playing their role so obviously, yeah. so ham-handedly, I absolutely, and and we we were, we only install religious governments and only take out secular governments in the Middle East lately in the past 40 years. Yeah. So the religious government is likely to be the one we want in there, even if it just makes them our great Satan and vice versa. Yeah. Trump was also tweeting, don't kill the protesters, which if you go by lack offs, don't think about a pink elephant. Could be, <laughs> yeah, 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 could be yeah. interpreted as telling them, as putting, planning that in their mind. But as you said, they allegedly do that frequently. But I just found it – I find it odd that, like, the media seems to be – it's just so staged out. He tweets, don't kill the protesters, and five minutes later, breaking news, video of Iranian government appearing to fire on the protesters. So it's like he said it, they provoke it, and it's immediately getting out there. So what's going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, it just seems so orchestrated, so scripted at this point. The accident thing, too. Who just accepts that explanation? Oh, it was an accident. They're right. Right. Of no, I know. I know. And that that was the Bellingcat video. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, that's just weird. That's where they're getting their intel. It's not even U.S. It's nothing but this, this uh, discredited, basically, outlier. So. Bellingcat. Yeah, belly cat. So a couple more things. Um, oh, I wanted to say that he, Trump said he liked the sound of NATO ME. He wants the NATO Middle East. And that folds into something else. Maybe uh, NATO me to this. NATO me. <laughs> it was just funny because he said he wanted to get rid of the of NATO. And now, so he want, he said he wanted to get rid of the Exim Bank. He said he wanted to get rid of, um, you know, all these globalist things. And yet he's participating in them, promoting them. The USMCA, obviously, the Exim Bank. Uh, I just read that the Trump administration actually sued a private company from building a private border wall in Texas, which is the solution to the problem. If everybody just maintained their own fences, you can shoot people in Texas who cross your fence. They have the castle doctrine that that's it. Like the problem solved. You shouldn't be stopping it. You should be encouraging it. So. Obviously, there's globalism afoot, but there was something very interesting about this NATO thing that played into another bigger theme that I've been noticing. I tweeted about it yesterday, and it came in full flower today, which is I heard Kay Bailey Hutchison say today, oh, the people who are 
It's the Canadians who are running the de-ISIS arm of NATO. We want to kind of support them. They can continue to lead it. They should continue to lead the NATO ME thing. And I tweeted last night, has anyone else noticed that Canada has just taken such a big role in the news these days? Yesterday I wrote that. And uh, first of all, because of, in part, because the, the, this Iranian-Ukrainian flight was full of Canadians, for, for mostly Canadians, for what reason, I don't know. And uh, Meghan Markle and Harry are being supported, encouraged, or signed up by Lionsgate, which is a Canadian guy. So it's the Canadian backdoor to Hollywood. And then, lo, today, the Queen says, oh, I give him permission to move to Canada. And I think it's all about the fact that we're all North Americans now. Canada's going to take a forward role because of this USMCA. Yeah, and they're like the prince and princess or duchess of Canada at this point. Oh, and that was another thing I noticed about you. What you said was that they uh, could be propaganda agents. Totally. By by creating this schism, by formally removing themselves, they are freed from mm -hmm. the gag protocol. Yeah. So yeah, wow, that's yes. Yeah, so they don't have that problem where they're no longer speaking officially. They get to do it openly without any kind of issues, especially if they're not in England. That's another uh, war signal to me. I, I think they are yeah, here yeah, to promote yeah, right, that theme. Right. Yeah. And then I did have to point out that the New York Times, I just saw an article published today, I believe, that says, this is the title of the New York Times article, Black Britons Know Why Meghan Markle Wants Out. Oh. It's the racism. So there you go. Just when you, were, you thought that uh, the royal family was post-racial, they are turning that whole gesture. I'm sure everybody was happy to have that moment. Harry, obviously not a prejudiced guy unless he's so prejudiced that as, as um, what Janine Garofalo said about Republicans who liked Herman Cain, they're so prejudiced they can't live with themselves, so they have to embrace him to make themselves feel better, which, of course, is the story behind white liberal yeah. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> overcompensation. Anyway, that's all that. That's my Canada rising meme. Well, well, Canada was in the news for something else, and it wasn't just Justin Trudeau's new goatee or beard. I don't know if you've seen that. He looks like Evil <sighs> Kirk is what he looks oh, like. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, he does have that smarmy, smarmy look. What is that? I, I, swarthy, yes, swarthy look. Yeah, I, I, he seems like an ice-cold psychopath to me. Yeah, of, could of, be. Yeah. Canada accidentally sent an emergency alert about a nuclear incident on the anniversary of the Hawaii false alarm two years ago. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Officials Funny. Said, yeah. Why? That's so – why – what is that – why do they do that kind of thing? The message – it reached 2 million people, and it was out for two hours, leaving people wondering if there was a nuclear event going on nearby until finally they were able to get the word out that it was an accident. They were testing. Two hours. Yes. Just two like hours. Hawaii, they were testing it, and it accidentally went out live. So that to me is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's an accident, maybe it's a test, and they're seeing how people react. Who knows? Who knows? So did you see – Dean's tweet to us about Operation Blackout? I did not. 
Oh, you didn't see this? I don't think so. I mean, we got a lot of stuff because we were supposed to have a show on Saturday, which we did not because of what you aptly named Weatherpalooza. Weatherpalooza. Round the clock (laughs) weather stationing at WSB. So tweet Dean tweeted this about Operation Blackout, which is this company called Cyber Reason, which is run by ex-Israeli Mossad guy. Not maybe not Mossad guys, but like guys who attack other countries. Not Israeli defense, but Israeli offense. And they did this program. They scenarioed out many different scenarios with working with the FBI and the DOJ and everything to see how prepared they were for an election event in 2020. And one of the scenarios had 32 Americans dead, over 200 injured, and martial law declared, which, of course, I envisioned Stacey Abrams being behind the podium telling America to remain calm while they took over the voting. But this... So the Israeli guy said, "This is we are just trying to stop us, people like us who are trying to do this. And it reminded me totally of new knowledge. Like they're figuring out how to do it. And your clip on the tripwire, they're figuring out how to do it, not how to defend against it, because it's going to happen now, I think. Now you said new knowledge. Yep. New knowledge is a company that we talk about a lot because they – were part of an admitted disinformation campaign where, that they conducted against Roy Moore during the 2018 elections in Alabama. They created false bots. They, they spread false narratives. And the president and CEO of New Knowledge, Jonathan Morgan, his Facebook page was actually suspended for spreading fake news. They did a false flag that's been admitted, and it was funded by liberals and the president, who also happened to write the Senate intelligence report on Russian interference, had his Facebook page suspended. So this company, when you look up new knowledge, that information comes up. You can find that information in the first four search results, which is why they changed their name. It is no longer right. called new knowledge. Nice. No, I know that I, you did tell me that part, but... Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's like the Kate Steinle guy. Yes. I cannot remember his name. I cannot investigate his. Of course. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is the thing that they do. Yes, Yonder is the new name. And their new mission statement, which they expanded a bit, says, as Yonder, the mission according to their website says, Yonder is on a mission to humanize the world's information and deliver on the promise of a more authentic internet. Got to read that for me again. Yonder is on a mission to humanize the world's information and deliver on the promise of a more authentic internet. Oh, sounds like AI. Yeah, it does. It really does. And what they a do— A more authentic internet. Yeah, more authentic. A more authentic it's internet. It's so authentic right now. <laughs> it, well, it's less authentic than it used to be, and it's getting less all the time. Twitter is now going to— let you control who replies to your tweets so that there is no you can you can completely quash oh, wow. any kind of dissent. Yeah. yeah. They, so, a hat tip to Byron for putting that on the proper port. Interesting. They do the other thing they do besides false flags and create fake Russian bots is they help corporations brand themselves around trouble. So if they're a, if a corporation has some negative negativity associated uh-huh. with it, like say maybe the CEO of their company was involved in a false flag about yeah. creating Russian bots, they help them <laughs> rebrand themselves. Wow, really? When did that? Where, did they? That's what they've do that? always had on their wow. website. Whoa, that is freaking me out. I mean, that's too much. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Now that's too much of a coincidence, and I wonder why we were allowed to know about the new knowledge thing. Well, it doesn't exist anymore, so. Yeah, well, that's that was probably part of the plan. Wow, I'm blown away by that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the impeachment nonsense is back in it's the news. It's back. And uh, I realized that it. I ne- always from the beginning when this first started. CNN's my, oozing impeachment all over the place. Yeah, and at the expense of a lot of more interesting things. <laughs> but my husband said, oh, this is ridiculous. It'll just sail through the Senate, obviously, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, man, never, ever think that the obvious is what's going to happen, that that the GOP can definitely snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Absolutely. And I figured a couple of this, it won't have any drama. This season will be a complete dud if they don't have drama. So obviously they're going to have drama, and that's going to mean GOP defections. And I would say there's three sources of that. The biggest thing right now is that even people in the GOP are not totally convinced that the intelligence that led to the Soleimani Soleimani strike is uh, fits the required standards. Have you heard this? This is what's all the news right now of imminent threat. The thing, yeah, like the whole thing is they're going, they're they're talking about the process and the standard. Nobody's talking about the fact that is it. What he did, just popping off and assassinating people, is not okay. You're not allowed to do that. And and an imminent threat is, I mean, you really, first of all, it only applies to non-state actors. We talked about this last week. Just they're, they're focusing on this one detail when the larger issue is much more important, which is you just can't assassinate recognize state actors you just can't do it anyway but what i think the real purpose of all that is to have people in the gop stand on their sit on their high horse about integrity and make that like this is what i think is really the impeachable offense and then you can have somebody like Rand paul say well i might vote against might vote for impeachment because i don't believe in war with iran even though he signed that weird letter about the Iran deal, which put him in a strange category. And then I also think this Kelly Loeffler, this is the senator that she was recently seated to the Senate in Georgia. She has no political experience whatsoever. She was immediately put on a committee that regulates her husband's business. So it looks like she's totally unqualified, even corrupt. Trump came out against her in favor of Doug Collins. So, 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 she gets to turn on him in the impeachment, probably. At least she could if she wanted to. But Doug Collins, the Georgian congressman, is going to run against her. And the way this ballot is going to work in November is she, she it's an open ballot. So it'll have Republicans on it and Democrats. And if you don't have a, a majority on that ballot, it goes to a runoff, which we saw with Ossoff and Handel. But this is what I expect to happen. It's a clearly Republican seat. But if Collins and Loeffler split the Republican ticket and Stacey Abrams, who was just announced today, is going to put a lot of money into the Georgia races, if she – so they're saying, oh, the Democrats, there are a lot – too many Democrats on the ticket. If If she is shown to be tough guy and put some discipline on there and gets it down to one Democrat before the day – that that seat could go to a Democrat. Yeah. So I feel like this wow. Loeffler thing, the Abrams thing, should all 
really be on our radar. That's interesting. That's a, something to watch out for. And you yep. mentioned Stacey Abrams. About half of the money the Democratic Party of Georgia raised in the second half of 2019 came from her super PAC, Fair Fight Georgia, which is the voting rights group that she has spread all over the country. The same voting rights group that had an exclusive invite-only event last Friday that Bloomberg, candidate Bloomberg, attended and gave a speech about voting rights while he attended. The reason he was able to attend the event is because he gave a $5 million donation to Stacey Abrams' what? group, Fair Fight, back in now, December. here's the thing. So he is bought this his money, way Yeah, is this money going to just campaigns for Democrats, or is this money going for some kind of uh, fair fight, you know, like to fix – to yeah. fix voting. You know what I mean? What is it for? I, what is it being what is it gonna be used for? I don't know. I just I know mean, my guess is it's just it's just a campaign financing super PAC. Maybe it's going to fund Stacey Abrams' next book, which she announced, which is gonna be a book on voting rights. It's gonna be coming out in June. Stacey Abrams has built basically a super PAC that has grown and become pretty powerful and spread all over the country and the candidates are lining up to sit down and meet with her, almost like a free agent in mm -hmm. basketball, the top free agent. They're trying to win her services. Bloomberg gave $5 million to her thing, and all she gave him was a slot to speak at. Didn't make any promises about vice president's can candidate. I wonder if she will ever be expected to, to hold political office if she isn't just going to be this uh, – a political figurehead, a shot caller – a, a, a party big wig, a David Axelrod, or or at least, or at least be shown as because like, I think I don't think she is the shot caller. I think she's a face job. I think she's smart enough to pull it off, but mm -hmm. I think her acting history is more important than her poli sci history yeah. and all that. And I think that she's going to, I, I think that she's going to take a prominent role in all that. Maybe in. Yeah, I think that this Operation Blackout and your tripwire and all of that are going to circle around to her. I mean, I know yeah. you always said that she's the voice of the resistance, but I think in that event, she will be the voice of reason, the calm. You know what I mean? She's going to be the one who tells you to shelter in place. I think she's going to probably say that outwardly. I think that if Trump wins, it's going to be very similar to her role in the Rodney King riots when she was at Spelman College, where she was one of the leaders of the – they didn't call it riots when they talk about her. They call it the protest, but she led them, and they got violent. They lit cars on fire. She says that she didn't promote any of that, but I've seen the way Stacey Abrams does it. When they went after her opponent, the other Stacey – the, yeah. During the Democratic primary for Georgia yep. governor, they shouted her down on the stage, and it was people who worked closely with her who were a part of her campaign who were very smart, educated, intelligent people. And Stacey Abrams, while when they asked her about it, she did not – she refused to condemn it. She just said, I'm not going to take away the voice yeah. of people who are standing – those people were working for her. I think it would be a little risky for her to promote riots, though, openly. I don't think she'll don't promote think it. I think that can be her role. I think it'll be understood. Yeah. And I think that she will never condemn it. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. Yeah. I buy that.
where are we at right now? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin and, uh, Phoenix. All right. The Golden Globes. Yes. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix last Friday at Jane Fonda's Fire Drill Friday protest, which is an extension <laughs> of Greta Van, not Greta Van Susteren. She doesn't yeah, do, yeah. Uh, no, Greta I haven't Thunberg. Seen her in a long time. I haven't either. Yeah. So Jane Fonda's been going and getting arrested at these things because that's what Jane Fonda does. And Joaquin Phoenix, who made some comments about it in recent interviews, I think he's probably a true believer who's just recently getting exposed to some of this information, to be honest with you. Well, he's a created person, too. I mean, his whole family. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about created person politically, but. I mean, he's an actor his whole life. But, I mean, he's, yes, the family really promoted their kids to all be actors. They named them to be actors. Yeah. So I don't think he has a, a, a mind outside of his place in the world. Yeah. Well, he showed up to the Jane Fonda fire drill protest, and he got arrested very bravely. You know, as oh, you, he as got you arrested? Great for him. Him and the guy. Him Mission and, accomplished. Yeah, him and Charlie Sheen's dad. Martin Sheen. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I said. It was ridiculous to <laughs> think that they were risking arrest. They were, they were paying people off to arrest them. Right. So I just have to point out, again— the Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker, and right. the movie The Joker. This isn't any spoilers, but the movie The Joker involves the Joker inspiring violent protest of people wearing the Joker mask. We have already seen since that movie came out yes, people around yes. the world dressing up as the Joker, using it as a symbol of resistance. Now we have the actual Joker starting to protest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he continues to protest. There will be people showing up oh, to yeah. protest in mobs dressed as the Joker. We will see the Joker yeah. manifest in real life. And the Joker was just nominated for more Oscars yes, today. Yes, 11. I anyone, heard that. Any other yes. film. Yes, I so heard that. There's a lot of um, civil w- so disobedience being thrown into the This was his air. first protest. I think his second will be met with the Joker thing. If I were a protester and I knew Joaquin Phoenix were going up and I was my control you know protester, what? I'd be all over dressing like I, w- I want to see how prominent Joker masks are on Amazon. I bet if you start typing in that's Joker, a, a mask is going to yeah. be the first thing that comes yeah, up, not the movie. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. and it's going to be well-priced and, you know, free overnight delivery. Yes, yeah, we'll get it to you in 10 minutes. Yeah, right. We'll actually meet you at the protest with boxes of them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the Golden Globes, as we mm-hmm. talked about, Ricky Gervais hosting the other day, and something happened with the Golden Globes that reminded me of Roseanne, the Roseanne incident, actually. Um, they already named the next host of the Golden Globes, and the co-hosts of next year's are going to be Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, two very funny women who are also a fantastic social justice virtue signal after having a controversial politically incorrect person up there whom they knew exactly what they were going to get just (laughs) like they did with Roseanne so after the fact they can say look we're going to not get that person again we'll put in the social justice virtue signal people so you can say we correct our mistakes when they arrive they'll ruin it like they ruined the Grammys worst Grammys ever hashtag these award shows are getting intolerable I'm going to the Grammys this year and I'm hoping that they they did their penance last year with their awful awful all women and not even the best women it was like the B-listers just so people would be annoyed by the fact that they favored women unfairly just to like set up that dialectic of 
Whatever. It does have to be that, doesn't it? It could have been great. You wouldn't even have noticed. Yeah. There's so many fantastic women performers, but it was just terrible. And Alicia Keys kept shifting from foot to foot. The worst MC I ever saw. <laughs> you guys can bad. find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcasting feed. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.